HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND that's all lowercase, all one word, Southern Ground at checkout, and that'll get you 25% off of your purchase. You wanting to know more about saddle hunting? Well, check out tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you'd like to support the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. Or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. We offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. And now, let's get to the show. Hey guys, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women and by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you start to unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free stuff, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. Well, I had to go ahead and hit record because we were small talking and it was good stuff. So um, thanks, guys, for coming on the show. We got Luke Parker, Matt Reeves, and special guest, Land Smathers. Land, dude, you've probably been on, what, like five times now? You've been on a lot. Something like that. You you keep saying special, but not that special. <laughs> Oh man, you boys been out hunting this week? Not yet. Ready Not to get yet. back, but haven't been back yet. Going in the morning though. Yeah, Luke. I know you're kind of still probably on cloud nine that uh recurve kill. You are correct. Yeah, and then had some family stuff with uh, Easter rolling around. So hoping I'll get back in it this weekend. Man, Easter. Easter's cool. So some people may know this. Some people may not. Luke worked at the same church as I did. And now we both no longer work at the church. Easter is actually kind of a fun holiday when you don't have to do church work. We don't have a bazillion things on your mind. Yeah. And kind of just take a breather. Three services to run through. Oh, dude. Which I served this Easter anyway at church. I still, I thought I saw a a picture of you up there. I was still up there doing it, and I, it was actually I had to shoot a wedding this week, so it was a 
it was a long dang weekend, but I know uh old old land went hunting this weekend and had a pretty good one. Yeah, it was all luck, really. I mean, we had I'm sure y'all had them too this whole past weekend was just miserable weather. Cold and I mean, well it wasn't that cold, but rainy and storming. But there was a bunch of little breaks in it here. One hour here, two hours there. So I just I sat in the truck till I caught that. I was watching the radar the whole time with the truck and saw a window. It was like the end of this storm was stopping. And the next storm started about 120 miles from me. I said, I got time. So I just started shagging down a big long road that runs along the river and stopping and just, I mean, it was one of those deals. I needed somebody that's hot. Mm -hmm. I was just cutting and cutting up on the call. Sure enough, about 8.15, one of them hammered back at like, he was probably three or 400 yards away. Dove off in the woods, got like, probably 150 from him and called one i got set up there was it was a big flooded bottom and the whole bottom is just like two inches three inches of water just flooded oaks down through there which is pretty common around here especially after all the rain we had set up called once and he gobbled back and he was like 60 yards from me i threw the gun up kind of in his last location and three or four minutes later I heard him spit drumming right out to my left. Saw that white cap coming by, and that was at like he was inside range then. I'd say he's probably forty, and uh, he went behind a big oak, and I moved on him, got the bead with a red dot on him, on his middle of his neck, and from then I was just enjoying the show. And he ended up strutting in to like probably somewhere between twenty-five and thirty yards. And, mm-hmm. He stuck his head up a little too high one time, and I went ahead and let him have it. But I mean, that doesn't really sound like luck to me. That's a, that's a, that sounds like a dang good turkey hunt. That's luck. When you get one that does it like that on public ground in Mississippi, that's luck. That's uh, those are fun, man. Uh, and here's the thing, like maybe something cool to talk about because uh, I wish Adam was here because Adam's first bird that he killed in Florida this year was the same story you're talking about they slept in as opening day slept in and there was just bands of storms coming in and in one of those breaks they went out and he killed one it's kind of yeah. like one of those deals it's like i mean i i really realized this during the the tennessee velvet hunt another adam cruz story actually uh when we went two years ago and there was a hurricane camp coming through and for anybody who's watched the video, you probably know this story or listen to the podcast, you know this story. But that hurricane, uh, obviously, it's no longer a hurricane, really, once it reaches Tennessee. But it was just <laughs> nasty storms, man. Tornado warnings all morning long. And during those breaks in the rain is when the deer would just, I mean, start piling out. And uh, Adam ended up killing killing that 100 and 164 inch velvet buck on public land uh in in the middle of tornado warnings and you know rainstorms so to me it kind of it kind of gives you those uh windows that while a, a bluebird you know crisp morning is great uh, you don't know at what point in that day the birds are going to gobble or birds are going to respond or a uh, hen's going to be leaving a a gobbler or whatever in the rainstorms 
you can pretty well, if you can find those breaks, that's when they're going to be doing their stuff. Otherwise, they're just going to be kind of hunkered down, you know. Um, Could be moving around, drying off, flapping mm-hmm. around, you know, just yep, waiting for that next band if it does come. And but I, I've got a thing against wet turkeys though. Oh, well, they're staying. This, this sounds bad. I don't want to kill a wet turkey. Yeah, it's not. It's it, they're just ugh. It, yeah, it's they look, just kind they of look terrible and they smell awful. That, yep. That's right. I mean, I, yep. I'm I'm blessed to kill one every time, but the wet ones, ah. You know, they kind of look like a you gotta gotta want it bad, you know. It's like a it's like a mixture between a like a javelina and a bird. They're just kind (laughs) of kind of gross looking. Yeah, I killed the biggest turkey I ever killed was last year. I mean, he was a as far as spurs wise, and I'd been after him for a couple years in a row. He was just living on this little island, but he was. I, I don't really believe too much in call shy turkeys. But this one, if you made any kind of a turkey sound, he was going the other way. Ended up killing him. But I shot him on the bank of the river. And when I shot him, he flopped for a minute and he ended up just rolling right down in the river. I'm talking, he was soaking wet. I was like, ah. But he was a he was a giant. I didn't even get a picture of that turkey. I took a picture of his spurs and of course, that was before work, so I had to haul butt out of the woods anyway. Hold on, right, I'm gonna right. I'm, I'm gonna show y'all something. Hold on. Before, before Parker shows this, do, do y'all remember when Dave Owens and then they killed that white turkey in Hawaii? And it, yeah. they killed him when it was mist and raining and it was, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't that pretty. Well, they took it to their hotel or something and blew, blow dried yeah. it to get it yeah. dry oh, yeah. and take some good, yeah. good pictures. So, yeah, that's the best way to do it. That's really the only way to do it. I mean, even a fan, for whatever reason, that warm air, it actually fluffs the feathers back up. But if you put right. it in front of a fan, it looks like you covered him in mud. It just, it does not look good at all. The, this one has yeah. never recovered from the wet. No, like, it did you did you dry them out though? Just Matt was saying, which taxidermists and stuff will do this too. Like when you skin a bird, and you you'll wash it, but you have to dry it where those feathers will lay and fluff back up real nice. But did you dry that fan, Parker? I, I tried. Like I, I did yeah, the it whole takes like a while the, the toothbrush and the in the and the hair dryer. And like, yeah, trying to brush it out, and it just so it, obviously this podcast people can't see this. This turkey fan from, and it actually wasn't a wet bird that I shot. Uh, I left that fan in the in the uh, ice chest, and water got in the in the bag that it was in, mm. and it uh, it just never recovered. But like, I, I've killed birds before in the rain, like in the fields or whatever. And it's just like a, dew, a dewy field. Ugh. Yeah, it's just it's nasty. And like when you see pe- people, <laughs> my favorite ones are when people post pictures with the tail fan all spread out. <laughs> and it looks yeah. like it's like a, a turkey yeah. skeleton. Like it, like like they're holding a scarecrow <laughs> yep. or a crow or something. <laughs> it's like the turkey had been a real bad drug addict for a few years. <laughs> Yeah, some of them just don't need to be taken a picture of, and just kill your turkey and go home and eat him. Yeah. Or like, if you're gonna do a picture, maybe like hold him up by the legs or something where it actually looks at all appealing. I feel, I feel like you're ragging on the picture of was it last year, year before when I posted that picture of a Jake. It was to the T what we're describing. I, I go back and that. I look at that picture and I'm like, this turkey looks like garbage. They do, man. They look <laughs> they look terrible. 
But it's seriously, it, it is uh it is uh kind of like one of those predictable things with really with hunting in general, not just turkeys and deer, but I, I'm sure fish are I know fish are a lot like this. Like if you're fishing, bass fishing, you find those breaks in rain and it can be that can be when the bite just absolutely just goes crazy. Um and I kind of like it. I kind of hate it, and I kind of like it because if I have a day off or whatever, I want to be spending the day in the woods, right? I don't want to be spending the day in the truck waiting on, you know, rain to pass by. But, man, sometimes it can be pretty predictable. And it and it's like, you know, say it's raining, you know, say it's your Saturday and it says rain from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock or whatever, you know. Most people are not going to get in the woods between six and seven and sit through that rain, but they're going to leave their house at eight and be going, dang, I wish I was in the woods right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, with deer, turkeys or whatnot, you need to be there when it's about to happen, not when it's happening. I agree. Yeah. I just throw them frog togs on under a leafy suit and just go stand up under a tree, just head to my chest and just sit there and wait just kind of take mm-hmm. it because i mean you'll be dry for the most part and then as soon as that rain breaks i mean it's like anything else it's just like us waiting on a break in the rain to go outside of the house it's like everything just kind of snaps into play mm-hmm. well, i don't i mean i guess it makes sense but at the same time you're dealing with animals so who knows what do you Nothing guys really make sense what are you guys doing so the place that I've been hunting doesn't have a whole lot. It, like, it's obviously not like fields. There's some food plots planted, um, but even those are a little bit tall right now. Uh, what, what's y'all's go-to for, like, woods, birds during a rainstorm? I think it's easier in places like Tennessee or Kentucky or places that have agriculture and have op- big open areas. But it just kind of seems like everywhere would kind of suck. For a turkey during the rain when you're hunting like hill country big woods type stuff mm-hmm. well i try not to hunt in the rain so i'm gonna be out <laughs> so question. just don't go uh, <laughs> yeah y'all, and luke, y'all got this one luke i know a lot of your hunting on your property is going to be open fields and pastures anyway so maybe this question should yeah. just be directed right towards land because i know a lot of your stuff is going to be maybe not hill country but uh some Swamp land, low areas, lots of hardwoods. Uh, what are you doing? What's what's kind of your go-to? Man, anywhere that that turkey can get out of the rain, basically. I mean, there's they can get around some cedar, some areas with a lot of cedar. Basically, in the rain, it seems like to me they just they stay in those hardwood bottoms and they just they act just like they would outside of the rain. Um, they're still feeding the whole time, unless it's middle of the day, they might, you know, tuck their head and just kind of sit there like an old man and take it. But most of the time they're going to continue what they're doing, um, until that rain quits, then they start looking for those woods, roads, a two track, anywhere where that sun's breaking through. If there is sun, if there's not, I mean, it seems to me like they just continue what they're doing and just deal with it. But when you're talking about ag ground, we've got a lot of ag ground around here up outside the river bottom too. And this time of the year, especially with as much rain as we've had, there's still, they haven't busted a lot of the fields up. So there's still that, that winter, early spring growth, you know, that's 
I would say spur high on a gobbler. And as long as there's not too much mud, they're, they're going straight to that. But a lot of these fields that are already dissed, they're so muddy. I mean, I killed a turkey a few years ago that kind of crossed a corner on one of those fields and his feet look like snowshoes hmm. where he came through that mud. I mean, they were, it was just, just caked with mud. And a lot of times you do not, it doesn't matter how pretty the field is, unless there's some grass buffer around the edge of it, they're not going to go anywhere near that field until it dries out. Hmm. But yeah, any, any kind of shorter grass, of course, you know, it's just like in the mornings, they tend to favor the woods until the dew dries off. Cause I mean, they're just like anything else. They don't want to get out there and belly deep grass that's covered in dew and get their bellies wet, you know? Um, that's why I tend to not set up anywhere around a field if there is one before 10 o'clock. I really rather not kill one around a field anyway, but I just, I've never had much success over a field before that dude dries off. I see guys set up all the time. I even saw a picture on Facebook today. A guy had a, uh, had a, like a full strut decoy and the only thing sticking up was his head and the top of his fan. The rest of it was just grass. I saw that. I'm like, all right. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, man, good luck. Yeah, Prey will be hiding in there. They don't like that tall grass. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing to to learn. It's, it's a hard lesson to learn because you see, you know, when you're driving on the road, you see birds in fields. You, you hear them gobbling close to green fields, and it's very tempting to set up your decoys. If you're using decoys, set them up. That like I think that might be one of the hardest things, uh, lessons that I learned, and but also one of the first lessons I learned when I started turkey hunting was like the field isn't the end all be all of turkey hunting, right? Like you think it is because while you're deer hunting, you always see the birds come out in the fields, and blah blah blah. You find turkey, uh, turkey poop and feathers, and obviously they spend time in those fields, and so it's very very tempting. To just start your day out and stick a decoy in and sit back and wait, man, it's it, it screwed me a couple of times. Uh, last week with my dad, I we were standing in a field because it's just a kind of a good listening spot right there, and we were standing in this field and bird starts gobbling a hundred yards in front of us or so, and I said, okay, let's go get down in the woods right here, and and wait for him to pitch down he's he'll come up this drain it's in between two green fields and that's what we did and the bird came in to like 30 yards and dad couldn't see him it was it was a little it was kind of gray light dad couldn't see him i could barely see him and uh if we would have just popped up in that field he was coming it, there was no doubt he was gonna walk right into that field pop his head up and look and we'd have got our shot because you could see them better. That's the other thing is you can see so much ground in those in those fields like that. But we didn't do it. And I'm not going to say that I would probably play that game different. Now, when I go back in the morning, I'm going to start actually on that same bird because he hadn't been killed yet. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up in the field um, just because of that previous experience. But I, looking back at it, I would have done the exact same thing probably over and over and over again on in that given that situation because, like you said, land, I, don't, I just don't see them in the fields ever early in the morning. I mean, at that early, yeah, I mean, it's if like it's, 9 if or it, 10. 
if the grass isn't too tall, you mm-hmm. know, then for sure. But it's also a situation where, you know, early season, there's really not much of a reason for them to be out there. Because mm-hmm. the main reason those hens start hitting those fields most of the time, which after a rain, the worms come up. So I'm sure that has a lot of what they're, has a lot to do with what they're eating. But um, the when the bugs start hatching, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's been about a week and a half, two weeks here, the bugs really got heavy in the fields. And you can see those little buttercups start blooming and all that. You can kind of get an idea when it's happening. But uh, you walk through the fields and you get those little bitty uh, seeds on, on your boots. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign of when turkeys start hitting the fields. I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a toss up. You can kill them on fields. You can kill them in the woods. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Really. Cause somebody's listening to this thing and I kill turkeys all the time in the green field yeah. at six o'clock in the morning. You know, I mean, yeah, that, I, I know it happens. That's how my season has been uh, with field stuff, whether it be public or private, those birds like on public, those birds, I've got to get between them and the field they're wanting to go to because they're the hens are literally pitching down from public onto a private field, and you've just got to hope they land, you know, ten yards from the line to shoot them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. I had a bird silent, just showed up at seventy yards, strutting in the field at six ten, you know, pitch right down to it, and you're just having to deal with it. Um, but it just, like you said, it varies where you're at what those birds are used to and I, I found where i am they don't have to gobble they know everybody goes to that field and they congregate right there and then they go about their day um that's and i don't know turkey. if that's from from hunting pressure or what but last year i literally set up on a fence and i did not call kind of like the bird you said in mississippi if you called to him he went the other way i just sat there and didn't say nothing and i uh, had him coming strutting right to me and uh i screwed it up um but uh they just don't they didn't want to call they knew where to go they knew where the hens were going to be and that's their routine that they went about yeah do you guys ever find them using uh pines like like a like a mature pine canopy in the rain because i always feel like that's kind of where i gravitate to in the rain just to stay a little bit drier I don't know why it just feels drier in those. Maybe it's kind of the same concept as what you're saying land with the cedars. Maybe like just because the evergreens, you know, they kind of create yeah, that thicker I canopy. I don't find myself in the pines too much. I try to steer clear of them. I, I just, I'm not a big fan of hunting pines, but it would make sense to me. Um, I don't know. Somebody else with some more experience with pine country could probably answer that better i've got uh, pretty much on the place i've been hunting i've pretty much only got pines so I, I can't get out of the pines out there um and that's honestly one of the reasons why i don't like it uh and i think that's why i'm struggling so much right now um is because i think obviously there's turkeys in there they're gobbling i'm hearing them gobbling they're you know they're there they're living there in those pines and uh with like there's there's a big giant hauler. This is the way the property sets up. It's pines on top, a big giant hauler that's got hardwoods in it. But the 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 slopes going down in that bottom are all bluffed. So like, I don't know if y'all saw a picture I posted a couple of weeks ago, but they're like really tall 
straight vertical bluffs, not not just like some boulders here and there. Like they're just the whole thing. It's a canyon. And uh, are they and, roosting on that transition? Sometimes more towards the oaks. Where I'm finding them roosting are two different. There's two different locations that this holler run, where where it starts and where it ends. And there's a waterfall on both ends of it. And you're talking about on this property, you're talking about maybe uh, a mile and a half to two miles of bottom right there between one point and the other point. And it's where that, that, uh, that water, the waterfalls kind of stop, stop the holler. And it goes up into a more gradual, real small hardwood bottom. Um, at the tops of those waterfalls and that's where i am finding turkeys at and turkeys roosting at just the same thing as like uh we've heard uh, bobby worthington talking about deer and getting in those getting in those kind of pinch points um i think it's because it creates a really good pinch point and they don't have they obviously they don't have to navigate all those all those bluffs and they don't have to fly all the time if they just use those little areas just those beginning and ends of those creeks and um and so i'm fine i'm doing that but the other thing that makes it really hard is because they're right on the edge of these pines and the the understory is basically non-existent in these pines so to get to the bird if he's gobbling you either have to call him a long ways if you're far away or you have to make these gigantic loops around just to get in there without him seeing you because you can see for hundreds and hundreds of yards through these pines and uh it's, it makes it really difficult to to move on them. and then it, trying to come at them from the other direction you're dealing with these giant bluff walls that i'm telling you about you you can't really get in and out of there to come at a turkey from the the back side of them or whatever so it's uh it's tough so i've just been thinking about these these things a lot especially the weather we had this weekend and last week thinking about rain thinking about you know i mean i, I don't know if you guys are like me i find myself always facing a different scenario every single day and i'm sitting there thinking what is the right move in this scenario so so (laughs) it's super clear every time yeah yeah even it can even be like kind of small things it's super clear and a light wind it's not calm it's not windy but it's a kind of a a light wind what what do turkeys like in this condition you know Uh, and then you have the major things heavy winds rain thunder and lightning um cold fronts, super warm fronts, you know, there's all kinds of big things that happen that you kind of find yourself thinking about different situations. Um, but that's one of the things, the, the rain thing is a question I see come up a lot. What do you guys do during the rain? And I think there's a whole lot of different ways to go about it. Again, it's turkey hunting. For Just, sure. Uh, yeah. Kind of tough. Look at your map. That's what I do. Yeah, turkey's gonna do what turkey wants to do. Isn't it funny how we sit here and we talk about turkey hunting for hours on end, (laughs) and at the end of the day, we're like, "Well, turkeys are just gonna do what they want." (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. does it make? There's really, it's it's there's really no recipe at all because I mean, you'll see a turkey sitting out in the middle of a field after a rain, sun pops out, and you're like, "Yep, he's doing what he's supposed to," and then you see one over there tripping through a thicket oh like, yeah what in the hell is he doing over there but i mean yeah you gotta remember 
brain the size of your thumb, you know, it's, they're not intelligent creatures, no matter how smart people want to give them credit to be, but it's, uh, it's just Turkey going to do what a Turkey's going to do. I think they're, I think they're smart. <laughs> it makes, it makes me feel <laughs> better at night when I lay my, down to go to bed to think, man, that's a smart critter. <laughs> he outsmarted me. My granddad always said he's not smart. He's just extremely cautious. And that's all there is to it. Yep. And, and, and we would all be a lot better off if we were a little more cautious as well. Golly, ain't that the truth? Um, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of caution, uh, there was about three pounds worth of tungsten uh, floating around the woods yesterday. Um, <laughs> in all kinds, all kinds of directions. Um, uh, actually only two pounds cause one pound went square into a pine tree. Um, <laughs> Dude, it was, so, I, like I said, I've been having a rough time, man. Like, not, I've, on paper, I've had a pretty good season. Three birds is a pretty good, solid season. But I've gone a lot, like a lot more than I have in the past. And I had this bird come in yesterday. You're talking about land. You're talking about your quick five-minute five minute hunt, you know. And I think I said something like, man, I need, I need another one of those, I'm like, crap i had one of those yesterday and i just mm-hmm. didn't do my part of it and uh i sat down probably about eight o'clock after going to another spot and not hearing anything sat down about eight o'clock in a spot where four different roads or i'm sorry two roads crossed made like a four-way uh crossing right there and i was just gonna cold call because i had seen a long beard uh in a power line right there close to it a few days before that and i sat down Hit my call just real soft, you know, just in case anything was in the area. Um, see if anything would, you know, either gobble or whatever. It's kind of how I always cold call. Is just I make sure I have everything set up and I sit down so I'm not rushed. And then I'll hit that uh, just real light call. And so I did that, put my call up, turned my camera towards me. And I was like, well, this is where I'm at. I'm at this little stop. If you look over this way and I look over, pointed look over and I see a turkey head popped up over the hill at like, probably 20 yards maybe coming right at me and i was like there is a turkey (laughs) and so and i'm talking to the camera this whole time i pull up my gun he's kind of to my left he's coming down the road and uh he pops his head up one time real good and i could see he's got a red head i don't know if he's a jake or a, a long beard um but in those type of situations i just pretty much don't care um, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna, if he's popping his, if he's periscoping up over a hill, Jake's are legal. The last thing I want to see is him run off and a big long beard flying off, you know, for sure. Yeah. Just, I'd rather shoot a Jake than see that happen. So it's made in the freezer. Yeah. And it's yes, still sir. fun. I mean, here's the thing. Like, um, I've shot several Jake's, um, probably two years ago or so. Two, two, two and a half, I guess, two and a half seasons ago, I was like, I'm not going to shoot Jake's on purpose. Like, I'm just not going to. And uh, I've shot a couple since then, just same situation. Pop their head up, not really. I think there's situations. Now, I have seen, <laughs> I have seen a lot of people in Tennessee, specifically Tennessee this year on some of the Facebook pages. It's like, apparently it's a Jake heavy year in Tennessee. Um, they had a good hatch of Jake's last year or whatever. 
And mm. so, I mean, I'm seeing Jake's right and left get killed uh, by, yeah. by dudes in Tennessee. And again, uh, you know, I don't care for them. They can do whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. But um, I don't I don't want to do it on purpose. But there are several scenarios that sometimes it's just going to happen. And this is one of them. So I pull up my gun and he pops his head up and he's real red at this point. And I shoot and he kind of goes over this, this, uh, it's just a small little like dirt pile of a hill. Um, but he was starting, he was about to wig out. You could tell because he was already right up mm-hmm. on me when I moved my gun. Um, and so he pops his head up. I shot and he kind of goes up, tumbles over this hill. I thought, and I was like, okay, cool. He's dead over there. I, I kind of hop up to my knees Well, he flies up in the air and it's not one of my prouder moments. I don't, I always feel bad whenever I shoot at one that's flying. Um, <laughs> but at this point, like, it's just kind of like follow up shot. Cause you think it's it, instinct. Yeah. It's, you know? it's, yeah. Let them fly. Well, I mean, I say that as $20 <laughs> bills flying. Yeah. That's $20 bills. Yeah. Hey, this is Parker just with that money emoji. You yeah. Know, just like making it rain. In the woods. <laughs> I know. Yes. So here's the crazy part. I shoot at him again and he falls down like a hit quail. Um, then I'm like, Oh, he's dead. So I hop up, go and get him. He freaking gets up and starts running runs away and land this is the part that i was telling you about that i was ashamed of because you were like oh man it's easy to miss with tss at at 10 yards and i was like well i missed him again um so he runs out into this road and i'm standing right not even in an awkward position i'm in a standing this is last shell right last shell this is shell number three yeah and i'm he's running and i'm like i'm not gonna shoot him running then he stops and he stays standing there. He's just kind of looking around. And he's running away from me, so I still don't know if he's a long beard or a Jake. I, I'm just, I still have not seen a beard. I haven't even seen that area of his body. Wait, you didn't shoot at him running, but you shot at him flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it was my last shell. Uh, okay. okay. It, it was my last <laughs> shell, and I had already missed twice. You know, I was going to try to wait for a good opportunity because it was my last shell. So he stops out there at like 30 to 35, you know, just that perfect range for perfect for tungsten. And I shoot and I shoot guys with <laughs> with an unreal amount of confidence, like like hip shooting, like yeah, Memphis style. They shot at the hip. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was <laughs> it was like if he stops right here, I'm gonna kill him because I've literally got every advantage. I've got the right loads for it. I know my gun sighted in. You know, I know it's hitting where it's supposed to. Um, I'm not in an awkward position. And that joker stops, and I shoot. <laughs> and I just, I mean, it was like one of those. Have you ever seen where somebody, like, shoots a basket, and they just walk off because they know they hit it? That was kind of what <laughs> yeah. I did. I shot, and I would start running to him, and the joker just goes into the woods. And I was oh, like, God. <laughs> All right. And then Parker started to hear a tree fall. Somebody <laughs> <yelled> timber. <laughs> Somebody in Shot. Double Springs was like, "I'm hit." <laughs> I, I saw that picture you put. A, you girdled that one tree. Oh yeah, it's dead for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what did Gabe? I Gabe commented on your post and said, "What are you doing shooting snakes?" Yeah. Well, because of the way it looks, it looks like it's super. It is super low on that tree, but it's because it's that tree is on a just a mound like that that I'm talking about that hill. Um, 
And so it was just a, it was a cluster, man. And I was, I was so mad. Uh, now I will say this, whenever he ran into the woods, um, whenever he ran into the woods, he, uh, I didn't see a beard. Uh, I, I know it was a male turkey, but I didn't see a beard flopping. I didn't really get you a shot at all. Yeah, I probably shot it off all Dude, in the air. That's so, I was literally about to say that. That is so funny. It's flying and that beard just comes falling down. It's just raining. Like, what is it? It's raining these little black hairs. Yeah, it's catchy. <laughs> so if that happens, if you shoot a beard off of a turkey, can you hang it up on your wall of beards that you got hanging? No up? doubt. And you did that tape it together. <laughs> yeah, everybody on the club now is going to think that he's a he's There a Jake. you go. He's yeah. going to let him walk. Um, no, it was, a, it was one of those things where – like you almost, you almost have to just laugh about it. Um, oh, I got one. I got so bad. Worth laughing at. Let's laugh. I want to laugh some more. I want to laugh at somebody else's expense. My buddy Eli, Eli Frierson, he's shooting a twenty-eight gauge, and he's so proud of it. He's got Apex TSS, and, and it's a bad little dude. He's killed, I think, two or three, two for sure. I know of this year with it. But I took him to my honey hole in public. I'm like, dude, this is the spot. And the whole drive, you know, when you take your buddy, you, you're talking a spot up the whole time. You're like, we're going to get up here. It's a 40-minute drive, and we ain't going to hear a dang thing. And that's what I'm thinking the whole time. I just just heard three in there a few days before. Well, we get up there, and he's – I let him borrow my bike, uh, one of my extra bicycles, and it, the gears are broke on it. So it's in like the lowest gear that you can get, or it might be the highest. Either way, your feet are doing like 90 miles an hour, but you're going three miles <laughs> yeah. an hour. You know? Yeah. It's doing, he's doing that right beside me, and I'm laughing my butt off. And we finally stopped like three tenths of a mile down the road, and we're trying to figure out what's going on with a turkey gobbles right out to our right, like 500 yards, 400 yards probably. In all off in the woods, pretty good piece. So we're sitting there, and I'm like, man, do we want to go after that one, or we want to keep going down? Well, he gobbles, and then another one gobbles, then another one, then another one, and then it ended up being five goblin turkeys back in this bottle. I'm like, all right, well, let's just go in here. So we go set up. Get set up about 100 yards from three, the, the main three. And I'm not going to say that they definitely weren't Jake's, but they sounded – too good to be Jake's. I've heard some really nice full roll gobbles from Jake's, but these three were, were doing the thing. We set up, sure enough, they pitch out, come straight to us off the limb. He's sitting to my right. I got one of them at 35 yards, and he's they're all three long beards. And I could have drilled him, wanted him to shoot one. He couldn't see them. We let them fade off. They get about 200 yards through the woods, start breaking back to the south. So we make a big J hook, get out in front of them, they gobble, and then one of them breaks off and goes, flies the river, and the other two keep coming in towards us, and they lock up at, like, 80 yards. We're, we're still standing back waiting on them to see what they're going to do, and they set up shop at, like, 100 yards, 85, 90, something like that, right off in the woods. kind of hard to say in that timber. We let them set up, so we creep in about 70 from them, call a little bit for about probably 20 minutes they never broke they're just sitting there gobbling their brains out strutting we can hear them drumming so i said let's hands and knees it up here to this oak tree about 
25 yards in front of us, but back to their left just a little bit, maybe make them think that, that they're, uh, that we're kind of squirting them. So we crawl up there, get set up, do it without spooking them. And they're still just hammering. And we sit there and just play the, the sweet game with them for probably 40, 45 minutes. And eventually they decide that's enough. They break and they both come in and they're coming and they get to like 30 yards. Eli's got the red dot on one of them. And I mean, it's like the most vibrant red head I've ever seen in my life. It's just a beautiful <laughs> turkey, big body turkey. The other one's solid white head. He's half strutting, coming in. He jumps up on a log. And I say, kill him. And he pulls the trigger. And I mean, simultaneously as he pulls the trigger that turkey drops his head to jump down off the log and he shot straight over the top of him and of course they both pick up and fly off and i at this point he just throws the gun down and i'm i'm just kind of laughing because there's nothing you can do everybody in the world that would have taken that shot would have missed that turkey but uh i mean that's one of those situations there's you played the game right it was an awesome hunt but at the end of the day it just wasn't his day to die dude you know those suck man the worst luck in the world those suck i hate them i've I've had them lord i had them it's not like his head (laughs) sitting there still and you just missed him it's just awful luck where he dropped his head i mean his head had to drop we figured it was probably somewhere between 14 and 16 inches because you know when they stretch up on a log and then they go to jump they drop their head actually like lower than their spine to jump down and that's what he did i mean he just just instantaneously dropped it as soon as he pulled the trigger should have body shot it man (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh i don't know i i've i have had situations in the past where you just your luck is just not good like you just can't i've had it more with deer probably than turkeys where it's just like really the loggers had to come in right then or that dog just (laughs) happened to just beat don't be talking bad about my loggers now (laughs) (laughs) you know there's situations like that that happen all the time um Squirrel, dude, freaking squirrels with deer. Squirrel just happens yeah. to hit the wrong limb, and the deer wigs out, and it's just, it's I've just been annoying. Deer messing up my turkey hunts. Really? Oh, I hate deer yeah. during deer season. I mean, turkey season. I don't I see a lot them. of them. But o- opening morning, I had one get between me and a gobbler, and started blowing. Can't just staring at you at twenty yards. I was uh, yep. watching a Catman video the other day, and he was, he's like, this sucks, man. I keep seeing so many dang deer, and they're just running out everywhere and blowing all over the place. Like, yeah, we don't really have that problem where I hunt. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I almost never see deer. Well, it's hard to see them for you anyways mm-hmm. during deer season unless it's that magic little window. That was a – find actually, all those holes to hide in. The, today was the first deer I've seen uh, I've, since turkey hunting this year. Um, and do you even look? For, do you even look for sheds while you're turkey hunting? Yeah, I do. I don't ever okay. find them, but I look. Well, especially if I I'm went, like a thicket. I bu- yeah, 
I went with a buddy two weeks ago, and we found two. Well, he found a shed from last year that on a deer that was killed this year, and then f- found a fresh shed. Dang. Um, that's awesome. But I, I haven't found anything yet around here. Well, you know, I mean, speaking of your turkey hunting, Matt, you said you've missed about two weeks um, of podcasting so far yeah, these yeah. last two weeks, and uh, I believe you shot a bird both both weeks right then that yeah. we haven't got to uh, talk about. It's been a good season. I've had four weekends and killed four. Well, I've been a part of four deaths of turkeys. Um, they, my dad killed one that first weekend. Then we went back the next weekend and kind of had the same scenario happening, but the birds shut up. Uh, we went to walk to them. Uh, as we were walking to them, we stopped, threw out a call, nothing. I was going to do a locator call. Decided not to and heard something walking and – you know, it's your turkey hunting. You should expect it to be a turkey walking to you. I mean, you're calling to them. You're, you should expect it to be a turkey. Well, I'm like, oh, it's a squirrel. Then I'm like, oh, no, that's turkey. Um, and me and my dad are stuck standing up against a tree with a gobbler walking 70 yards from us, above <laughs> us. Um, and he we just sat there and got to watch him look, look for the hen that he heard that he was coming to. And uh, he's on down past the. Uh, terrace we were on we ended up getting below him getting even with him called to him nothing he gobbled on his own ended up coming in to us gobbled right in our face twice just beautiful thing shot him killed him um so that was that was my first turkey of the year our second turkey together um so then the week goes by we're like well let's go let's go there again you know there's another there's another turkey there so we go and they're gobbling on the limb. Daddy actually went the Friday before and heard three birds. And we got up there Saturday and he, here he goes gobbling again, two of them. So they stayed in this little area, stayed on the limb till like 7 15, 7 20, like late that morning. Um, they flew down, sounded like they went total opposite direction of us, quit gobbling, whatnot. And, that's around 7.30, and we were like, oh, you know, we, we can go to the house if you want to. I mean, 7.30, it's one of those properties where it's going to happen or it's not kind of deals. Well, the last two birds we killed, we killed between 8.30 and 9 o'clock. So I told Dad, I said, let's just sit, find a tree, sit down, sit till 9 o'clock. Well, we sat there, sat there, sat there, no gobbles. We'd call every now and then. I look over at Dad, I said, you ready to go? And he's like, yeah, we can, we can head out. Well, by the time we we're going to stand up, he gobbles at 100 yards. So here he comes, and he's gobbling, gobbling, gobbling. I can't see him. He finally pokes out and gobbles in our face again. I shoot him, um, and that was the biggest bird we'd killed there. Um, so we would killed three birds right in that area. Um, that's, one of those, that's one of those deals, man. Like, I, I cannot – uh, maybe maybe you guys have had the same things happen. The most deadly situations that I get into are when I set up and I cold call and just decide to sit there for a couple hours. And, yeah. you know, you still get to play the game from time to time. Sometimes they're going to come in quiet like that. Uh, but sometimes, I mean, you just know you're in a good spot and eventually he's going to gobble and you get to have the, you get to do the fun part of turkey hunting. I mean, killing one quiet is still fun, but man, when they when they start gobbling in your face, and you may just need to adjust a couple of times, and 
man, there's, I could, man, I could go off and tell story after story yeah. of times when I did just that. Like, man, I should probably move on, move to another and spot. That's, and that's years of me messing up to finally this year saying, just put your butt down and just sit here. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'd move, you know, I almost like on my, uh, my first bird, we almost screwed up. We almost walked right up on him because we were impatient. We were going to him. I mean, he heard us call when he was on the roost. He knew what tree we are, tree 243. You know, he knew where to go when he was ready to come find another hen. Um, So he goes, does his thing, and then comes back. So we had that happen on three three different birds, you know, three different mornings. Um, Just stay put. And, you know, some people don't want it, but now that's a new tool that I put in my, my vest that, hey, just sit here for about an hour and just listen. You're not going to hurt anything. Mm-hmm. You know tur- you know, turkeys are here. You've seen them in the past. This is where they want to be. So why would you go somewhere else where you're not sure that they're yeah. turkeys there? Sit out that law, too. That little, like, right yeah. after fly down, they get with hens. Just sit. Just don't go bouncing around and bust a flock somewhere. Just sit tight. And a lot of the times, you know, 8 o'clock, 8.30 maybe, He'll fire off, and you can say, "Okay, they're over there now." Right but, now, I now I did bust a flock uh, last Friday. That's uh, not the worst thing in the world. That was my that was the third bird I killed, and uh, I I mean I've probably watched 10, 10 turkeys fly out of the trees while my butts just walking through the woods like Elmer Fudd. You know, just like, well, here we go. You know, this is great. There goes another one and another one. Um, but it I'll tell up- you. <laughs> talking about that is one of my well it's not my favorite one of my favorite things to do but if i roost a turkey in the evening and i don't necessarily like where he's at i'm not opposed to going and busting that sucker if i can see where he goes to i'm not opposed to busting that sucker off the roost and trying to get him somewhere i know that sounds so dumb no i I agree with you in the in in the evenings now in the mornings i don't do that but oh you okay you're talking about busting him in the evening to move somewhere else yeah if if it like something like one for instance he was roosting right in the middle of a huge oak flat and i'm like well if i come back i know where he's at but if i come back in the morning there's he could go 360 degrees where i was like if i come in from the the north i could bust him and he's probably going to go somewhere south east or west but he's probably not going to come back to the north and i know it's southeast or west there's a river back there so i'm like all right well i went in and i busted him i I just you don't do it hard but you just kind of walk through the woods not fast but just kind of you know like like a guy that's just kind of slowly walking through the woods not like you're creeping on him because that'll scare him bad too but just slow walking like you're walking a dog and Mm -hmm. He he pitched out of the woods and he flew. He got up to the top of the trees and pitched back towards the river. I was like, all right, well, he's back that way now. So now I got at least three cardinal directions to work with rather than four. Next morning I went in and sure enough, he was roosted back there by the river and ended up calling him in, which that could also, you could also do that. And you're also separating him from his hens. Right. If he's got hens with him, if he's like a flock gobbler. Um, I, I'm not saying I advise that, but I, I, I do that on occasion and I kind of like it. 
Yeah, that that's kind of how my hunt played out Friday. Is I walked in and Gobbler was gobbling his head off. Mm-hmm. I was going to get within 100 yards of him because they've been flying down to those fields. And I was trying to get between him and those fields. Now, this is this is private land. And uh, I was getting ready. To, I had a tree picked out that I was going to sit down. And I'm, I'm walking, you know, just as still as I can. I heard a wing flap. I'm like, great. And I look up. And there's one hen. She starts putting. You know what, what they do before they fly down. Well, every mm-hmm. time she's putting, that gobbler's just caw, 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 mm-hmm. just nailing it. And uh, next thing I know, it looks like a dang covey of quail bust out of the trees. <laughs> like six different birds start flying everywhere. And I'm like, well, shoot, there goes that. He shuts up. Well, then another bird starts gobbling. And this is all early. I mean, they had they're just now getting ready to fly down. So he gobbles and another good bird gobbles behind me. Well, I'm like, well, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to go back on this high spot and sit. Well, I get up, I start walking. Well, there goes two, there goes another one, and then there goes another one. I'm like, okay, that's all of them. I'll just go ahead and scare them all away, you know, get them away from their their gobbler. Well, I walk up the hill and bust another one. Um, So I sit down, let it calm down for a second, throw a call, he answers me. Well, I end up circling around him and got down on the edge of this field because i knew there were two birds over there and they always come to this field and i sat there for a little bit and called then he gobbled on his own and then i answered him right back when he gobbled uh, i let him know i was here and i just put my call up so i get mm-hmm. adjusted scoot over sitting there well he gobbles on his own again i'm like okay he's coming well i'm sitting there i look to my right and at 15 yards i can see that blue and white head just just coming mm. through, you know, looking. <laughs> well, he gets to the field edge looking for a hen, you know, which I'm hid in some cedars. He's looking around. He just lets one rip right in front of me. And I'm like, man, that was, a, <laughs> that, was a, that was your last one, you know. Well. And uh, he walked out in front of me and I shot him. And I shot him in a wet field. And I've never gotten up so fast in my life and went and grabbed this turkey uh, to get him up out of, out of that mm. wet grass. Um and almost messed up and grabbed him by his feet. And he, he had like an inch and eight spurs, pretty good bird. Ooh. And uh, I was glad I picked him up by his by his head instead of his feet. I'd have, I'd have had a little souvenir of my own to take home. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. that was a that was a fun hunt. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, it's like kind of like what you said to me, Parker, when you uh, bust up some turkeys, usually you can you know you can get on them because you bust them up and then they have to go looking for each other because that's Mm -hmm. that's what they do that's why a gobbler gobbles is to get the hens to come to him that's why a hen yelps is to know where the gobbler is to go to them um so you're kind of busting everything up and making them do it the way they need to do it instead of just pitching down in the field and they're all there to have fun you know that's where it's like that fall that fall turkey hunting tactic yeah, find a flock yeah. of turkeys uh-huh. and bust them up. It's, it works just as good in the spring, man. You get one that's spinning on a limb, gobbling his brains out. You can have poor suckers good as dead. I mean, you yeah. can get inside and be the first one to hit the ground. That's one thing that's lost too is the fly down, like with a wing and a cackle. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that is one of the most deadly things in the turkey woods that I know of. I mean, it's just. It's, it's it's you don't see a whole lot of people doing it these days. It's it's just a forgotten tactic, I think. But it's it works. I struggle with it. I struggle doing it, <laughs> like because most of the time, 
I'm not hearing a bird. I'm not like get, trying to get close to a roosted bird because I don't hear one goblin. So I almost never will do a fly down cackle unless I am there's a bird roosted there goblin somewhere close by. It's it's like since I got on this lease property, I've heard a few more goblin on the limb, but man, hunting the public land out here, it's like pretty dang rare that I ever get on one on the limb. It's usually just walking around, soft calling, trying to strike one up. Yeah. Uh, late morning is typically whenever yeah. it happens for me. And so that's why it's one of those things like my, my fly down cackle is pretty awful, <laughs> you know, like, cause I just don't, I don't do it a lot. Well, I mean, there's not much to it. Just, it doesn't have to be a perfect, it can be just a, just three cuts real quick, mm-hmm. you know, and some wing, wing beats. That's what most of them do anyway. I mean, a real fired up pin will give it that full, you know, eight, 10 note cackle as she's coming down. But most of them, a lot of them, I mean, most of your hens don't pitch down with any call at all. It's just, it's all wing beats. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You'll just hear one. And yeah. They're usually gliding, you know, just yeah. one thing. And that, uh, we, I took a, I took a guy hunting his first time ever turkey hunting this year. And I was like, you know, we're going to hear bird gobble. We're going to be right on them. I had high confidence on this public piece. We heard one gobble that morning, but we sat under a hen. Uh, she was right in front of us about 10 yards, and he got to watch the whole thing. Um, got to listen to how soft they call, you know, the the tree yelps that everybody talks about because they're not they're not loud when it they first start off. But, you know, that she's up there pruning herself, you know, getting herself all pretty for her man when she flew down to that field. But – uh she made a little bit of a cackle, but they sound awful, you know, compared oh, yeah. to like, you know, these sounds, uh, sound boards or whatever you want to call them that people are running that how this is what you need to sound like. That doesn't sound nothing like a wild hen. No. They sound terrible. A lot of them sound like a dang chihuahua barking. Just... Like you're choking <laughs> on your mouth call or something. Yeah. yeah like when you actually almost hear like it. a Jake yell. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you actually hear it, you you think, man, my calling is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Man, yeah. Awful. Like compared to this, like girl, you sound like crap, dude. Those. <laughs> I I often wondered why God decided to make us where the the women are pretty and the men are goofy looking, and. But he decided to make turkeys with the birds. Where yeah, a, a male totally turkey, different. a male turkey is just like a beautiful creature, and then the hens are just like, ugh. That's know? like that with most birds, man. It's crazy. Have you ever it's seen ego. cardinal everything? Have you ever seen? Can you a, imagine. Go ahead. I was gonna say, have you ever seen a wet somebody in a state where it's legal shooting bearded hen in a wet field? That's an ugly oh. son of a gun, is what that is. Yes. <laughs> Mm. Like a wet possum. <laughs> yeah. Just grinning. That's it. Oh. What were you going? You're gonna say something, Land. Uh, I said if we were pretty and you added the male ego in on top of that, yeah. then we wouldn't have anything going for us. That's true. That's true. We had to work we had so. to work hard. We we had to get a hard work yeah. ethic somehow. Exactly. <laughs> uh it's oh. funny. It is funny, like Depending on who you're talking to, because my wife, I've said it before, my wife thinks the turkey is the ugliest dang animal that ever existed. <laughs> she said it looks like a colorful <laughs> nutsack. 
That's, and I was just literally just yeah. about <laughs> my mom. This is funny. My mother showed interest in the turkey. I was uh, cleaning it, whatnot. She was interested in, you know, the the digestive system and seeing what it ate or whatnot. Well, then she she reached up there and touched its head. And she went, "Oh, <laughs> like, oh, what was that?" <laughs> like, mom, quit, stop. <laughs> Oh, fell down before. Him back. <laughs> Bring him back to good times. <laughs> just walk away. <laughs> I a, it's a familiar texture there. <laughs> <laughs> a little redder than I remember. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Matt, you said this oh. was your mother-in-law or your mom? No, my mom. My mom. Yeah. Oh, tell her not funny. to listen to this one. <laughs> no, nah, she, she won't. She won't. But it was funny. That is hilarious. Oh, man. Well, fellas, I, I uh, just looked down at the time. We're running up on an hour, so I, I got to get, get up bed. early. Been I'm good. I'm taking my balls hunting in the morning, so oh. I, hope, I hope we kill one. Heck, yeah. Land, you're tagged out. You don't got to worry about nothing, do you? Well, I'm going to keep listening because I got the old lady wants to shoot one, and I got two buddies that are struggling. So I'm gonna try and find a couple more. <laughs> you have more. three buddies. Turn into the guy. You, you probably haven't heard from them all year, have you? Until, <laughs> nah. Until, hey man, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't no. Got, have, you, have you ever hunted here? Put me on a bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Nah, once once I'm all done, that's it's fair game for anybody. Now I get a little selfish early season now. Well, I, I'm the same way. People wonder why I don't want to hunt with them, and it's like. Man, I got to oh, get my, my dose yep. of whatever this is. Mm-hmm. That's a one-man game. I mean, I'd rather be by myself anyway, so. What? It's easier to hide one person than two or three. It is yeah. so much easier, and, like, I, it, it's one thing if you're hunting places where you know you're going to have lots of opportunities. You know, like, I see people all the time who are taking people out. Um, Rick Taylor is a good example. Rick. He's been on the podcast, incredible turkey hunter, and he's talked a little bit on the podcast about the property that he gets to hunt. It's a very good property in Tennessee, and he can take people and, you know, film for somebody or have his daughter out there hunting or whatever and not ever have to worry about his birds because he knows it's going to, I mean, it's going to come. But, like, when you're hunting a lot of the properties that we hunt um, in the areas and in the county the, the parts of Alabama that we're, where we're at and then land. I know Mississippi ain't a whole lot different. It's uh, it's tough hunting. And you're no. just like, man, I just got, I don't want to take somebody else out. Cause I, I, I don't have a whole lot of opportunities anyways, as it is. Yeah. Um, but it's also just, I'm the same way with deer. Like mm-hmm. when I shoot one, when it comes to tracking time, I just tell my buddies, I'm like, y'all sit tight right here. I'm going to go up here and I'm going to find my deer. I'll call you up here when I find him. It's just, it's, I don't, I guess I'm weird about it, but I like that kind of alone time. Yeah. That, that, that moment of death, I guess you could say, but I don't know. I love hunting with buddies and I've I've done it all my life and it's awesome. But at the end of the day, those ones that it's just you and him and the woods sitting there up next to a tree, it's, it's special. For sure. That's so good. Parker's man. tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fellas, thanks a lot. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Spartan Forge, Tethered, New Canoe, and Scree Gear. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. And make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.